Amen. Um, can they say amen? amen? Hebrews chapter 11. Let's read from verse, verse. I'll just read from verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. And through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gates, and by it he, being dead, yet speaketh. And by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Praise God. For by faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange land or a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, 
and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came, they, that's from whence they came out, they might have had an opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is unheavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he had prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Praise God. And, and it goes on, amen. Uh, Father, we thank you today. We bless your name. We, we honor you and we, we worship you. Thank you, eternal spirit of God. Thank you, Father of spirits. Thank you, everlasting one, eternal one, glorious one, beautiful one. We honor you, our Lord and our King, our Savior, our Master, lover of our soul. Our Lord, we honor you. We give you glory. We give you praise. We bless your holy name, eternal rock and eternal king. Merciful Father, kind Father, good Father, we worship you. We honor you. We give you all the glory this evening. We bless you. Blessed be your holy name, O Lord of heaven, O God of heaven, king of glory, eternal king the owner, the master of the universe, the creator, the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. We worship you, El Shaddai, the God of Jacob, El Elohi Israel, mighty man of Jacob. We worship you, O King. Oh, glorious is your name, wonderful and beautiful, majestic and mighty, powerful, strong, O oh, King of kings and Lord of lords, we honor you to, tonight. We, we give you praise. We say things to you that no man can receive because you are worthy to receive all the glory, O oh Lord, our Father and our King, O oh Creator, the Lord God of heaven and earth, possessor of the heavens and the possessor of the earth. We give all the glory to your name because you are great, you are mighty, you are strong, you're powerful and you're wonderful. You're mysterious. Oh, we give you all the glory. We worship you. All the heavens sing your praise. They are made for you. They're designed for you. To utter praise, resound in praise, Lord. For where your name is, their praise arise. As your name is, so is your praise in all the earth. Lord, we just worship you this evening. We give you all the glory. We bless you, oh, spiritual, Father of spirits. We give you all the glory. Thank you for your mercy and your grace and your wisdom and your strength and your power at work, Lord, within us, in us, through us, about us. 
thank you, Lord, for your glory and your, your name, Lord, which you never put to shame, which you always exalt, which is always magnified upon the earth. Thank you, our Father. You remain the same from age to age. You are the beginning and the ending. There is no one like you. We honor you, our Lord. We magnify you. We exalt you, O Lord, in your presence. We, we feel and we come into consciousness of you. Our Father, may your consciousness fill this room tonight. May your consciousness permeate the depth of every heart and every spirit and every soul. Father, may the impressions of your presence fill this room, O God. Father, we ask, may doors be open for revelation. May gates be open to see afresh, to see anew, to see in a different way. We ask for the gift of inspired sight tonight. We ask for the gift of the revelation of the Spirit. Spirit of wisdom and understanding, Lord, to be present with us, to help us, to give us the right eyes to see, to take out of the book and to read and to understand. Father, may the book to us be as, Lord, one that is open, and may our heart be as the learned. Awaken us, revive us to hear. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Spirit of truth, the eternal Spirit who reveals the truth, who owns, has custody of the truth upon the earth. We pray, we beseech that your mercy, you extend mercy from your Father tonight to help us quicken the book, quicken our eyes, quicken our hearts to cooperate. Father, we ask for the anointing of fellowship, the release of the waters of the Spirit to to anoint our heart and fall as dew upon our soul and rain upon our heart to t and let your, your ghost till the ground of our soul for a spiritual encounter in your word. May we behold wondrous things in your word. Oh, thank you, Father. We give you glory. 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 Come and glorify yourself. Magnify yourself in the hearts of your people, in our hearts. Oh, thank you, my Father. Oh, thank you, my Father. Oh, thank you, my Father. 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 Oh, thank you for the supply of the Spirit, even the present supply of the Spirit. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you. 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 Oh, we thank you. 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 Oh, we thank you. Oh, yes, we thank you. Oh, yes, we thank you. Oh, yes, we thank you. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Kamala Muste Paradoske, Karanamayel de Ferai, Aladai, Kalaha, Malaha, 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 Malandes Alalihai, Merinesti Paradol, Prodades, Erinos, Erinays, 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 Erinays. 
Oh, we worship you. Shepherd of our soul, we give you glory. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, manatee. Oh, manatee. Ilientas, alienta, alienta, medienta, parienta. Arinos to glory. Agonitas to glory. Evne to enter glory. And the sky to see the glory. Overnight to see the glory. Home and all to see the glory. Hell is us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 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 Father, we thank you for the glory again tonight. The glory is the builder of the image. Speak to us from the glory. As you spoke to Moses upon the mountain. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. I receive utterance and grace by your spirit. The ability which your Holy Ghost supplies to minister the New Testament. To have access by your mercy for the profit of all. Thank you, Father, for inspired words and inspired thought and quickened mind and quickened thought. Use my vessel as you desire. Thank you, O oh, Father. Oh, Makarabash Tatama, O Legiahato, Selihato, Olihato, 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 Hanohato. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you. Amen. Lord, I ask you, anoint this heart to magnify you tonight. Anoint my heart to glorify you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your holy name. 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 Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. We worship your name. We bless your name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hala 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 hali hala heli heli heli. Separatostis. Feradosa. Karbabonja. Tamaso presti. Gloria te hedonata. Adonata etonot. Thank you, Father. Bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Praise God. So um, we've been looking at um, Abraham. Praise God. Is that correct? We've been looking at Abraham. And um, I think we should just look a bit further into him uh, today. Um, I I'm beginning to discover there's, there are a lot of things that the Lord wants to 
uh, wants to show or the Lord wanted to show through the scriptures concerning his own era, his own time of life upon the earth. Can you just look at someone, look into their eyeballs, directly into their eyeballs. Just, I want to see eye contact. Just, yes, see, just see, see I love you. Say, I'm, in, I'm deeply in love with you. I'm so happy that you're seated beside me. Praise God. That, that distance is too... Can you see his eyeballs from there? <laughs> oh, it's like he has giant eyeballs. <laughs> Praise God. I say, I love you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless your name. Amen. So we've been looking at our, our father, Abraham, and uh, seeing, um, looking at his conversation, uh, the, the conversation of his life and the dealings which he had with God. Praise the Lord. And those things are so powerful, so instructive. Um, there was, I, I began to see, even in the Gospels, the, the way, praise God, is it possible to maybe move more this way? Because not you, not you, so I can see your face. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, so I, I said that he, he kept coming up constantly in the conversations uh, when Jesus was on the earth. And most of the time, it was the, the Jews who kept bringing up Abraham. Um, and they used him as a reference point. Uh, when it came to dealings upon the earth, that, or when they, they look at their own heritage as Jews, um, you know, they, that's where they trace their heritage to. So Abraham was a reference point for them on the earth. And we saw last time that Abraham was significant because he was the, the person who was able to uncover the way of faith, right, on the earth and that was not a trivial thing to do. Praise the Lord. It wasn't a trivial thing to, to just to uncover from nothing, pretty much from nothing. He uncovered the way of faith. Um, I know there was a time when, before his time, there was a time for a short time where um, it, it, from the scriptural language, it seems as though worship ceased, but it didn't really cease. It was the time after Abel was killed, then um, Cain was on the other side and with his own, doing his own thing. When the Bible says, when Seth came, and Adam knew his wife again, and Seth came, and the Bible says that men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Now, uh, now of course, um, say men began to call upon the name of the Lord. I I don't think he was really saying that no, nobody at all was calling upon God because Adam and Eve were still around. So even if there was nobody at all, at minimum, you still had Adam and Eve. Praise God. But I believe what the Lord was saying there was that there was nobody to continue the legacy of walking with God or the legacy of remembering the name of the Lord upon the earth. So when Seth was born, that revived that hope, praise God, that God's name will not perish from the earth. Praise God. 
And but we saw and um, we've learned that when we got follow the scripture down to Genesis, then chapter three, we saw something happen in chapter six, sorry, of Genesis, when there was a a great um, um, it was a, a generation that um, had a great impact on the cause of God's name upon the earth in the sense that it was there, that generation, around that generation, that was when the God st- stopped striving with men, right? They said that my spirit will no longer strive with men for he also is now flesh. That was when the sons of God went into the daughters of men and took for themselves wives of which they chose. Praise the Lord. So wives, taking wives of which they chose means that was the time when, now I want you to imagine that season or what happened at that time. It wasn't that they turned their heart and said, God, we don't want you anymore. God, you're no longer our God. God, leave us alone. We want to go do our own thing. That's not what they did. Praise God. It's just that they they exchanged the they exchanged the, this, the the legacy of faith. They exchanged the kind of faith which was passed down to them for another kind. Praise God. They they exchanged what the, the kind of faith which was passed down to them for another kind. The kind of faith which they had before was a superior kind. Right? It had it was a faith that was that in the faith program, I think I mentioned that last time, it necessitated the prescription of life, right? That that faith prescribes to you what you are allowed to have, what you are allowed to possess, what you are supposed to, to, to do, what direction you are supposed to take with your life. The faith had something to say in the process of choice and the process of choosing. That's a kind of faith. And that kind of faith was upon the earth earlier until that generation. Now, when it got to that generation, they didn't outrightly reject God. Do you see that? They didn't outrightly what? Reject God. But what they rejected was the imposition of the will of God in their affairs. No, that's not the same thing. Because that when the Bible says, I will no longer, my spirit will no longer strive with man. The, the kind of strife that God has with man is not fighting in a ring. It is the strife of trying to get his own will to be, for them to take up his will and to have his will being done among men. Praise the Lord. So that was what he was trying to always do with men. He was always trying to get men to take their own. And then after a while he said, look, he said the imaginations and the thought of his heart, uh, they are always evil. Now, now, it doesn't mean there wasn't evil before, but man had gained strength of continuity with imaginations, of, with evil imagination. That's, a, that's a, a, a wicked strength for a man to have, a person to have the strength of continuity. The word continue means you are able to resist things that are designed to break that imagination. Do you understand? And the strife of God with man was for the purpose of being able to, from time to time, be able to break that imagination of man's heart 
and insert his own will into, into man's life. So men, those men wrestled with God and they, they began to and they won the, the battle of the will. So what they did was that they, they went and they recovered their heart back from God and said, God, we, now want, we want to be able to choose and do things that we want to be done. So God said, no, no problem. I will no longer strive with you. No problem. It's okay. I'm still your God. Right? I'm still your God. There's no problem. But in terms of striving with you concerning what I want to be done, I will no longer do that. Do you see that conversation? That's, a, that's actually a conversation that God can have with a man. That's, a, that's actually a point that God can get to with a person. And God can say, I will no longer strive with you anymore. It's okay. I'm still your God in the sense, when I say God, I mean <laughs> in the sense that my providence, to the best of my ability, I will exercise my providence around you as God, the way I do towards the fish of the sea, the way I do towards the bird of the air, the way I do towards the little microorganisms and all of that, the way I think about the sparrow, that they don't go hungry, praise God, and the lily of the field, that I can also exercise my providence towards you in that way. But when it comes to the imposition of my will concerning your life, I'm going to take a step back. Praise the Lord. That was the implication of Genesis chapter what? Chapter 6. Amen. So that was a very significant point. Now that, so what I'm just trying to say is that I'm going to try and magnify the exploit of our father Abraham. What he was able to achieve in his own time, because he is a man who was able to recover the, the, what, the, the way of God upon the earth. Praise the Lord. Am I making sense to you? There's, there's something about Father Abraham, about his life, about his ways, conversation, that's so, wow, there's so much blessing in his life. In, I mean, in, in study, the illumination by the Spirit of the, his life and his work and his dealings with God. Now, I, I began to, to think, read this era of the patriarchs, and then I began to see almost like a, a convergence between, between provisions and things which you would normally categorize as New Testament provisions. I began to see those things in full force in their own time, in their own season. And of course, that makes sense because the scripture, according to maybe Paul's wisdom, he divided the era of the law from the era of Christ or the era of grace. And he makes a clear division between those eras. But he didn't speak too much about the era before the law. Do, do, you, do you get that? He didn't, he didn't make demarcation in that era, but we know very clearly that there was an era before the law. So because of that, we've not looked too much into what kind of things were at, at, at play in the relationship between God and men at that time. Am I correct? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say, so praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, now, when you see, you, you go back to, to that time, you realize one thing I know was present then 
was grace. Amen. You know how Paul said in the book of John chapter 1, sorry, John, said in the book of John chapter 1, he said that the law came through Moses. Am I correct? It was very clear. The law came through Moses. Then, but grace and peace came through Jesus. But he didn't say what was there before the law came through Moses. Does that make sense? Praise God. Now, what, what we've assumed for the most part is that there was no grace before the law came. But it's not true. It's not true. A very clear example was that season when men fell and men, God gave up on striving with men. Close to that scene, the last generation of, a, of man who was able to walk with God was Noah. And the Bible says that, what, that Noah found grace in where? In the sight of God. So in that season, there were men who were finding grace. There were men of grace. Adam was a gracious man. Praise God. Adam was what? Was a gracious man. It's not possible to walk with God without grace. Do you agree? It's not possible to do what? To, to walk with, with God without grace. Because grace is the, is grace is the energy that translates into walk that counts in the sight of God. Any walk that is, does, is not fueled by grace does not really count. It means that when they check you, you are not walking spiritually. Right, it's like in the law, in the era of the law, men were not really walking with God. Men did not have that privilege to walk. That time, God had withdrawn the privilege. Praise God! Do you realize that that the giving of a law was the loss of a privilege? It's very clear the way it happened. That there was a privilege. God wanted to, to bring them, baptize them into a privilege. They refused. They drew back. Right? There was, God wanted to move them into something. Praise God. But then they drew back. So the, the release of the law was a, a measure that was put in place of a better. It was for something better which God wanted to do with them. They refused that. Praise God. Am I, am I correct? Then they said, no, we can't do We are not even ready to hear. We don't want to hear. Moses, you go for us. And Moses went. And then Moses, when Moses came down, Moses came down with something called the law, which was void of grace. Praise the Lord. The law was what? It was void. So the moment they made that decision, that we don't want to hear God, that's a decision no man should make. That's, to me, I feel that's probably the worst decision a soul can make. Yeah. You know, and that decision is a conversation. That time, I don't want to hear God. You know, when a, a, a dimension of speaking is coming, or a dispensation of the word of God is coming, there's a way that Satan can deceive a soul and make the soul to make that kind of decision. I don't want to hear this kind of thing. I don't want to hear, oh, the words are too weighty for me. Like the way they cried out in the time of what, of Moses. Am I correct? 
They didn't like the way God was speaking. It was disturbing to their soul. It was tampering with their present equilibrium. You know, they had, a, they had formed a carnal equilibrium. Even though they were in the wilderness, they had found a way to be living carnally every day in the wilderness. And the wilderness was designed to take a spiritual leap, to retrain the soul, to, be, to come into tune with God. Praise the Lord. Amen. But they had, they had devised a way to live carnally. And then when the voice came, now the voice of God will always, always disturb the equilibrium of flesh. Praise God. What did I say? The what? We always disturb the equilibrium of, of flesh. The, when God, if flesh is not being disturbed, God is not, is not speaking. If God is not speaking or God is not, maybe you're not hearing God or you found a way to shield your heart away from the voice of God. But if God is speaking, you can't be comfortable. Do you understand? <laughs> God isn't, men who, men, hearts who are exposed to the voice of God constantly, they are not comfortable people. The most spiritual people I've met in my life are not comfortable. They always have a problem. <laughs> they are always what? They always have, they always have a, a, when people are sleeping and snoring, that's when something is waking them up. Do <laughs> you get me? When others are sleeping and snoring, that's when there's something, something is, is waking them up. Sometimes in the night season, when others are at rest, amen, and there's something. That's why they say, woe to he who is a, what? at rest, at ease in where? Now, why should someone not be at ease in Zion? Because what is Zion? It's like someone sleeping beside loudspeaker. Something is wrong with you. Because, you know, Zion is the mountain of speaking, right? It's the mountain of God's voice. So, if you are around a Zion environment and you found a way to be asleep, you should, <laughs> praise God, you should call 911. There's a spiritual phone that you can dial. Praise God. Just, if, just run to your friend's house, if it's your friend or your pastor or someone, just run there and just tell them something is, something is not right. I need help. Praise the Lord. There's a way God's, God's, God's word should make souls uncomfortable. Should, if there's a way it should resound, it should quicken and make, you know, the heart co and convict the hearts of men. Praise God. See, the sign of, of, the sign of destruction is when men begin to be comfortable with the voice and the sayings of God. That is, when a generation gets to that point, that is when you see the handwriting is on the wall concerning their destruction. When they begin, it's an evil strength. The strength to be at ease in Zion. Who supplies that strength? It's a wicked spirit. It's the devil himself who has, who has abused Zion. Right? He has in his mouth, he has the antidote to the response of fear which the voice of God in Zion should cause to happen in every heart. 
He poured like the way he did to angels. He poured cold water on their fire. Right? Seraphims who are, who are made to, be, to burn for the will of God. He, poured, he found a way in Zion to turn them away from that urgency which the voice of God creates. And he can do that to men. And he's doing that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But thank God that Noah found grace in the sight of God. So when men were dead around him, right? And God tried to use him because his heart was, his heart was alive towards God. So God could break out to him and speak to him. And there's something coming. There's something coming. Warn these people. Warn these people. Speak to them. And he did everything that he could to warn them, but they never took his, his warning. Are you getting me? I believe at that time, even the animals were more responsive to the spiritual sign than them. I think, I, I believe there's something that, because it's not easy to get animals to line up two by two, eh? And march into the Imagine trying to get goods to line up two by two. Have you dealt with a goat before? <laughs> For them to line up and be filing, they, maybe they are sensing something. You know, there are ways that when the flood is coming, some animals can tell. The birds begin to fly a certain way. You know, they begin to sense things. But Noah was preaching to men and preaching and preaching and preaching, and they didn't hear what he was saying. They didn't believe. They wonder, what do you mean? What do you mean? They, found him, they thought he was crazy. Why are you building an ark on the land? It doesn't make sense. Let's say rain even falls, heavy rain. They couldn't see rain falling to the extent that it would lift that giant ark from the ground. Their hearts were dead. They could not hear God. They couldn't respond to God. Their hearts were numb to the voice of God. Praise the why? Because they, are, they had wrestled for generations with the kind of faith which God had delivered, or which came down from Adam, right? Which was passing that to Adam, said in us, and co. The kind of, of faith which tries to prescribe to men what kind of life they should live. So they exchanged that faith for a different kind of faith where you can just live and do whatever you want, which is the kind of faith that right now has settled on the earth. Right? That, that version of faith is the same version of faith that has settled on the earth, even among, in the, among Christians, among churches. Are you getting me now? For most Christians, the, what they knew as the meaning of faith before they got born again is the same thing they know as faith now that they are Christians. Being a Christian has not increased their understanding of faith. What I mean is that if you went to a believer who is a Christian and ask him, explain faith to me, he doesn't have much to tell you more than what an unbeliever knows as faith. Do you get that? Why? Because, and, and for the most part, that faith is a faith that has been exchanged. There is a true faith 
true meaning, a true kind of faith that was lost upon the earth. Do you see that? A true faith that was what? Lost upon the earth. Now, our, our father Abraham, by God's grace, was able to, he, I'm sure he found grace in the sight of the Lord. And then he was able to go back and then begin to resurrect the way of that ancient faith which those men were using. Men up to Noah. Because that faith died with Noah. That kind of faith where God's will is imposed upon a man's life. It ended with Noah at that season. But then God began to now call out to a man called Abraham and began to now, from just rudiments, baby steps, let's, let me begin to now train you upon this faith. And you can see the, the way he was trained, right? You can see that the Lord was very careful that at the end of the faith walk of Abraham was the lesson of yielding to what I want. Check all Abraham's lessons. They are that, that lesson was behind there. And that's the message of faith. Faith is not what most people think faith is. Faith is not an instrument to get what you want. It's not a truth. That is a perverted thought of faith. Do you, do you agree? And when Jesus Christ came, Jesus had to start from where men, men are. And said, okay, he, in, in Mark 11, he said, okay, no problem. You can start this way. You can start faith that way in terms of whatsoever you desire. Right? Whosoever. Because that Jesus' teaching wasn't to Christians. Do you agree? The teaching of Mark chapter 11 was not for Christians. When Jesus taught that message, he wasn't teaching in futuristic terms. He didn't say, later, after I have been crucified, and I have been raised from the dead, and you get born again, then you can ask whatsoever you desire, because now a faith in my name is now available. He wasn't teaching. Jesus wasn't teaching faith in his name in Mark chapter 11. Men began to use faith in his name later, like in the book of Acts. You saw when Peter began to heal, like in a beautiful gate, that his name, through faith in his name, has made you. That's another, another kind of faith which they came into by being born again. But in the book of Mark 11, which is the main chapter of faith, where people learn faith from, Jesus was in teaching. That teaching of faith wasn't to Christians. It wasn't to born again. It wasn't even to Jews, even though there were a lot of Jews there. It was a teaching to whosoever. Because that's the language that he used there. He said, whosoever, whosoever, whosoever. That thing works. It works to Christians, Muslims, Arab people, kidnappers, killers. It works for them. Whosoever, that, one, that, that, is the, that, thing, that faith is the, is the faith law that is interwoven into the universe. Yes. That, that thing, God cannot deny that one. Praise God. It's a faith, it's a faith kind of, praise the Lord. It's a law of, it's a law of living things. It's a law of living things that by the, by the exercise of belief, you can cause powers in the universe to walk towards you. 
Do you, do you agree? That when he said you can speak to mountains. Now, you see that Jesus, he didn't mention anything about God. God there. It doesn't mean that God necessarily, even though it is God's power, praise God, that is involved. But really, he's talking about how the universe can respond to a person who is able to muster the, the ability, the instrument of belief, which is, which is the capacity that's within every single soul that God created. And that's the place where you, you start from. Baby steps. Praise the Lord. There are a lot of teachers who teach that faith. They are not Christians. Because you don't even need to be a Christian to teach what Jesus taught in Mark chapter 11. Because they found that it works. Many guys work. Ah, this is just works. Powerful, the power of positive thinking. All of those guys who make believe. All of those. They don't, they, they, and it's not a lie. Because they practiced it. And it's, it works. It works. You're amazed how many unbelievers even practice that faith more than Christians. How many unbelievers, they write their confession. They don't need to add in Jesus' name to it. it doesn't, that's not a factor. It's not, it's not important to add in Jesus' name at the end. Just confess it. I am this. I am that. The, the world responds to me in this way. This comes to me. I, I, you know, they say it, and it works because that's a, that's a law. A, it is how to use, the way you can use the physical world, you can also use the spiritual world because the soul has a spiritual element to it. So that element of belief is the way to use the spiritual world, to, that your heart can connect with the spiritual side of, of material things that can make them walk towards your desire. That's just the law of creation and the universe. Praise the Lord. Uh, do you see that? So, but when we're talking about faith, 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 the kind of faith that was taught in the epistles is the faith of the believer. That epistle faith doesn't have too much to do with getting things. It is the, the purpose of faith. Look at faith the way, you know, <laughs> I notice that a lot of times that a lot of, in a lot of Christian circles, they don't like teaching faith the way Paul taught faith. They like teaching faith the way Jesus taught it. The, the, have you noticed that? It, it takes, because it takes a lot of spiritual, I mean, insight, boldness, and willing sincerity. Because if you begin to teach faith purely from the epistles, you will hit many things that don't align with what you think faith is. Because then they begin to add suffering to it. They begin to add patience to it. <laughs> Praise God. They begin to merge it with righteousness. You see, they married them. Paul married faith and righteousness together. In Mark 11, you don't see Jesus talking about righteousness and all, and all that. The only thing he added there is just forgive, which is just a normal law too. Forgiveness is also a law. Just, even unbelievers practice it too. It's just a normal law of, of the spiritual world that we live in. You know what I mean? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So faith, the purpose of what Abraham did was to the faith of Abraham is not that kind of whosoever 
can ask whatsoever and speak to this mountain to be moved. That was not Abraham's kind of faith. Check the lesson, the teaching. Is how, the faith of Abraham was how to be, is, is how can God's own will be achieved? How can, God's, how can what God wants be done? It's not whatsoever you desire. It's how can what God desire. At some point, he, at some point he moved into his own desire when he went into Haggai, right? And brought Ishmael. God said, no, I clap for you, Abraham. You tried. No problem. But you see, you've not passed this thing. This is not the point. Thank God for your invention. I appreciate your effort. You thinking smart. You trying to find a way that we can achieve this thing that I said we will achieve. But that, that, yeah, that misses the mark. Even though I could decide now to take Ishmael, make him great, give him the promised land. And if I do that, I would not have violated anything I said to you. <laughs> do you realize that? I would not have, but God went, now zeroed in into that. You see, there's something more important than fulfilling what I said naturally, making a nation greater. Because when you check it, Ishmael still multiplied. And Ishmael still inherited. <laughs> do, you, do you see that? But, but God said, no, it's not that. It's not that. That that one is a, is, is a, child, is a product of the flesh. It's not the product of my own will. My spiritual, I mean the process did not involve my own will the way I want it to be. These are serious lessons. In fact, these are New Testament lessons to me. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're going to bring again a dispensation of your will, of a time, you're going to awaken again a generation that's possessed with the, the, the consciousness of what you want to be done. Amen. That your will will be done on earth Amen. as it is done in heaven. Amen. Thank you, Father. And you will, you will raise us, you will elevate us, you will empower us. Amen. You will give us grace, you give us strength Amen. and ability, Lord. To look at that standard. And to choose nothing less. Amen. Individually. Amen. One by one. Amen. Until it becomes a collective way upon Amen. the earth. Until the way of the wheel. The way of the wheel. The way of the wheel. Becomes the way upon the earth. Becomes the way of man. Until it becomes the culture. The culture of many, the culture of hundreds, of thousands, of millions, even of billions. Upon the earth, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. It shall come to pass. It will 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 come to pass, come to pass. Come to pass that... Nations will be cultured again by the will of God. 
nations will be cultured again by the will of God. People of diverse tongues, diverse people will find again the culture of God's will. Oh, thank you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Abba. Oh, many carinis kenibreheno. Oh, many kayalarante ariestopaya. Oriestopara. 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 Oh, thank you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Men like Abraham, they were men of height. Men of men like Abraham were men of height. They were men of height. They were men of height. They were really, really high men. For I men are those who can relinquish their will for to do my will. I men are those who can relinquish and lay down their will for to do my will. For my will is my burden, and my burden is my desire. And that will be done on earth. Yes. That will be done on earth. Yes. For the earth was made for my will to be expressed on earth. And my 
will will be done on earth. In man, you were made from the earth, and this dust of this earth will do yes. my will. I am coming. I am bringing my will. I am coming and breaking those barriers that are injuring from my will being done on earth. For my will will be done. For you don't come to the fullness of my will in one day. You come in it gradually. Obedience after obedience. Obedience after obedience. Obedience after obedience. And the more you obey, the more I break you. The more you obey, yes. the more I break you. For in the obedience, you are becoming low. But in your lowness, you are becoming high. Yes, For Lord. Abraham was low and he was so high. Abraham was low and he was so high. And I am bringing men into the place of meekness and lowliness. But you come there by obedience to the leading of the Spirit. Yes, you come there by obedience to oh, faith after faith. Yes, faith Lord. after faith. Yes. Faith after faith. Obedience to faith. For I am breaking men. And as I break you, I work on your heart. I make your heart meek. I make you I make you meek. I give you a broken heart. I break your heart by every obedience that you do. Every obedience to faith that you do is a breaking of your heart. For those that will come to me are those who have a broken heart and a contract spirit. I am making low. This is how I make low. This is how I make meek. Are men who can relinquish their will and do my will. Those who do my will are men of height. But they are low. They are low and meek men. But they are men of height. 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 And my will will be done on earth. My will will be done on earth. Says the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we bless your holy name. Give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Now, the Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Do you see that? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for what? For righteousness. Praise God. Now we one this one side. I'm, I'm, I want to see by God's grace if we can come into something. Uh, is being able to see the because the life of those men of those these patriarchs, right? Um, who were able to enter into this this kind of faith. Now, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, they mentioned many of them, right? They mentioned Abraham, they mentioned Isaac. Abraham, Isaac, they mentioned Jacob, right? Then those three were key, you know, those three 
they are the real patriarchs. Right? They are the ones who, this, the Bible spoke about them. He, he wrote about their attributes. These are the ones who died in faith, not having received the promises. Right? But having seen them afar off. Do you see that? Now, the Lord interjected these things before in, inside the conversation of Abraham. Do you see that? Then after that, he then continued with Isaac, Jacob, and with then went into Moses in verse 23. Praise God. So there's something peculiar about the attitude of those men who when you know, to the Jews, to the Jews, God does not need to be mentioning Adam, Seth, Enos, and all of those, those men up to Noah, right? Because God was speaking to them in terms of their recognizable heritage as a nation, right? So, so God summarized the, those men. When you say, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he picked the, the first three men in their own lineage. Am I correct? In their, my lineage, who, who, um, who captured the kind of um, heritage, the kind of life and legacy of faith which makes God not ashamed to be called their God. And those men were unique. Now, he mentioned Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And there's something between Isaac and Jacob that's, that's, that's common about them. Is that Isaac, Isaac was not the first biological child of Abraham. And Jacob was not the first biological child of Isaac. So it's not that biological thing that God was looking at. God was looking at those who, who, who accepted and embraced the legacy of the kind of faith that the Lord had raised in their father through walk and through conversation, which involves the, the, the fate of giving up one's life and the fate of giving up one's own way and one's own preference, which is a rare kind of fate upon the earth. And each of them, they had to they, they were given chance to demonstrate those attributes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, after them, then the, the, the Bible begins to name other people in this chapter 11. And these people who they named in chapter 11, they are, this, this was not an archive of the, of the people who did valiantly in the law. Because from Moses, the law came. Do you agree? And then after Moses, every other person who they mentioned here after Moses all existed in season of, of, or existed in time when the law was already in, in effect. But, what, but where they gained their, these were men who, even though in, were in the time of when the law had been given, but where there were men whose approval in the sight of God did not count under the record of the law, did not count based on their dealings with the law, but counted based on their dealings. 
with God through faith. Are you getting what I'm yes. trying to say? Even so, you see that law thing that, you know, people, you know, even the Jews carry and all that, that there's a veil they have about that law that Paul is trying to show here that even when the law was in existence in Israel, law, men were doing law, they were doing all the things, the ordinances of the law and all the practices. But when you now came into God's own, God's record, his book, where he's marking men and writing down and taking account of the, of, and when he's weighing men and putting them in their shapes and their sizes, God does not consider the law in that time. It's those men who are able to, beyond the, they were, they were not breaking the law necessarily, but men who were able to, beyond the law, have a record of faith. Those were the men who gained approval in the sight of God, on which the Holy Spirit saw fit to archive their own deeds and their own work, even here. And, and you found that even a Gentile prostitute, her name was mentioned. <laughs> so that would tell you that this is not the law kind of thing, that this is talking about a different method. Now you see, each of these men, they found grace. Each of these man, men, find, found, each people found grace, not through the law. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, so sir. in the time when the law was there, some people were still find, they were finding grace because they were finding another, the, the true method through which you can access God and walk with God. So the opportunity to walk with God has always been present on the earth. It never stopped. For but it, it took men who could, who whose heart could take a leap beyond what is religiously expected. And it, would take, it, it took a certain specific kind of heart to look beyond what religion has said. Okay, if you do this, it's okay. We've pleased God. But your heart can look beyond that and desire a, a walk by faith. Praise the Lord. Does this make sense? Yes, Praise God. Hallelujah. So there's no one that God will mark based on their religious activities. There's nobody who God will just mark based on religion alone. God reads the heart. God checks the heart. And so that's the thing that we need to be alive to, to this requirement and this standard of, of faith. Praise God. Now, so we've seen up to now that Abraham is very clear that um, what God was doing with him was something higher than just the physical inheritance that he wanted to bring him and his descendants into. Now, let's see. Paul's writing in Romans chapter 4, just to gain some more insight. I think Paul also spent some time in, in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 4, describing, you know, Paul in, uh, was trying to get to, what he was trying to get to is chapter 5 of Romans. Right, he was trying to get to chapter 5 of 
Romans. He was trying to get to chapter 5 from chapter 3. Because in chapter 3, he had put forth a case concerning how a man is justified before God. Right? Do we agree? In chapter 3, um, you can pick some of the scriptures. It's verse 20, it says, therefore, Romans 3, verse 20, it says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. But for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Unto all and upon all that all them that believe, for there is no difference. Do you see that? Them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of who? Of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in who? In Jesus. Praise God. Where is the boasting then? It is excluded by what law? Of, of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Wherefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Here we establish the law. So you can see the idea Paul is trying to establish here. Praise God. And where he's actually trying to get to is chapter 5, which is to describe the dividends of Justification by faith, which is called peace with God. Praise God, which is chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And he continues from there. Praise God. But now, before you can begin to talk about peace with God, he has to now deal with that, how was the process of being justified by faith? Then in order to teach that, he has to go into the lesson of Abraham. Anybody who's a student of faith must be a student of Abraham. You have to study Abraham. Because Abraham is the father of faith. So it's very clear. If you read Paul, you can, you can understand you know, <laughs> you can understand where his understanding of New Testament faith came from. I mean, where he looked at to understand faith. And I'm, I'm sure it must have been Jesus Christ who taught him that way. Right? Jesus Christ himself must have taught him using the scriptures. And when Jesus went, I imagine Jesus teaching Abraham about the faith of the son or teaching about faith. I imagine that Jesus then said, okay, let's go to Abraham and learn. Because Abraham is the man who God archived the way of faith. If you don't study Abraham, if you say you want to study what Jesus taught, simply, who he taught everybody and taught the Jews, you will not understand 
the doctrine, the principles of faith. You will, you will spin off a different faith. That's not the real faith which God wants to give to his people. Am I making sense to you? Yes. Do you understand that? Yes. <laughs> Glory to God. So what you realize is that, ah, it's not time. What you realize is that when God was preaching, teaching Abraham faith, God was teaching Christ to Abraham. Christ was the teaching of faith that Abraham received. It was the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is the only gospel of faith that God can receive, that can please God. Other kinds of faith can do things, but they have nothing to do with pleasing God. Are you seeing faith of getting things, claiming that, actually, is that conversation? There's no, there's no space in that conversation about pleasing God. It, does, it has nothing to do with pleasing God. But the faith that has to do with the pleasing of God, that faith is only the, it's the faith of Christ. It's the faith of Christ. See, the faith of Christ. The faith of Christ. That lesson. Anybody who teaches you faith and doesn't teach you the faith of Christ or the faith of the Son, hasn't taught you the faith that can please God. It is a message. It's only that message. That's the only place you can. So that's the message. They had to bring that message. The father had to bring that message and begin, began to teach Abraham. When they were making Abraham wait and endure and be patient, whose message is that? That was Christ. They were teaching Abraham. That was when you see Abraham's life, you are seeing Christ being played out. That was just Christ being delivered to a man by instruction, by experience. God was delivering lessons of Christ. That was the gospel. That was the meaning of Galatians chapter 3. Do you remember? Where it says the, the scripture foreseen that he would justify the hidden true faith. Preach first the gospel to what? Abraham. Saying that what? In thee shall all nations of the earth. Now, so, Abraham was the first man who was preached Christ to. The other men, they received, they, they had knowledge of faith. Like Adam woke up with knowing faith. When God formed him, they, God put the faith, knowledge of faith inside the formation of his soul. That when he became into, came, awoken into consciousness in Eden, he knew faith. And so faith was just a way of life in himself. So, so, so he didn't need to preach Christ to Abel. What Adam preached to Abel was Adam. Do you understand that? Because in Adam, there's a faith lesson. There's a faith message. That was where Abel got the skill of attitude of heart to make his sacrifice ascend to please God. It was faith. It was faith. You know, people have been looking for the secret. Why did Abel's own go up? And this one, it's not, it's not, it's not so, it's not that big of a mystery. Paul even said it plainly. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. Okay, it's, it's by faith. You know, people say, okay, well, say he, he took the first fruit, he took, no, 
know it's not that it's by his faith. Paul said it plainly in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, he offered unto God a more excellent. So the excellence of sacrifice. Excellence of sacrifice is measured in faith quantums. Faith. The inside. Praise God. Do you see that? So, so, so Abel preached. Adam preached what Adam to Abel. Abel had an Adam. Praise God. Then Abel died. Adam must have preached Adam to Seth to. Seth then must have preached Adam to Enos and their generations, even on, up until Noah. Because those are all the Adams, right? The Bible keeps record of them. So these are the generations of Adam and the ended at Noah. Are you getting me? But when it came to the time of Abraham, there's no way Abraham can learn Adam from because Adams have ended. The generations of the Adams. Who are the Adams? The Adams who, who had the who had the who, may, who had the integrity, inward integrity of the of the first creation life. The first creation life means the power of faith. Which God and righteousness, which God put in the first man, that thing in his in his form, which which I don't want to put the form because it, it kept depreciating. But there's a point of an, of integrity of it where where if you move beyond that point, it loses its integrity. That point was Genesis six point, yeah. the point where you tamper with its mandate of of the supremacy of the will of God. Upon the man, life of a man. So the point where Adam was lost was the point where men began to do what they want upon the earth. That point where they unlocked the fear that 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 kept them, you know, doing constantly what God wanted. Then when that fear died, when the last drop of that fear died, that was when they said, No, we can choose. And they took wives for themselves, of which they chose. Do you see that? So in the time of, 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 of Abraham, he couldn't read his own father. They didn't have that thing in him. He couldn't read it from his father. So it must be preached to him. <laughs> Do you see that? It must be what? It must be preached to him. It must be preached to him. Praise God. Are we, making, are we saying something today? It must be what? It must be preached to him in form of the gospel. And the gospel that archives the faith, praise God, or the righteousness of God is the gospel of Christ. So don't, don't think of Christ there as just the man, Jesus Christ. No. Think of Christ as a, a work of God. Think of Christ as what? A man too. You have Adam, is a man. So Christ is also another man. He's the last, the second man, sorry. So Christ is who? He's the second man. He's, Christ is not Adam. Christ is the second man. Adam is the first man. Christ is the second man. 
the composition of both men have in them the design of faith that pleases God. That's what makes a man to God. If you say God, God, this is a man, God checks him and in him doesn't have the, the machinery of pleasing God. God will say, this is not a man. This is an animal or this is a creature or this is something else. But you don't count as a man. The man, Gabriel. The man, Michael. That word man means stature that is equipped with the capacity of the pleasure of God. Praise the Lord. So when it came to human kind of man, there are two that God made. That God made first the first man, which was an Adam, and then he had to make what? The second man. So the gospel that was preached to Abraham was the what? Was the second man. <laughs> How many people believe? Do you believe that? Yes, do you believe that? Do you believe that God wasn't preaching Adam to Abraham? No. God was preaching the second man to Abraham. But there's a difference between Abraham and you. The difference between Abraham and you and those of us who are born again is that Abraham was a man who was dead spiritually, but whose soul could learn Christ. Do you understand that? It's a dead man whose soul could learn Christ and walk in Christ. Praise God. Why for us, we are different. We are are Christ's who are learning Christ. It's not the same. So to Abraham, it was a borrowed gospel. So that he can carry it and then give birth to it upon the earth to hold it as a legacy till the point where the real owners of it means the real men who are Christ's in their spirit. Do you understand that? So it means, it means a man can carry something, be faithful with it, and it's not his own. You need to be thankful for Abraham. See, this man died in faith. That's Hebrews 11. They all died in faith. They received not, right? They had a good report through faith, but they received not the promise. But they, with their soul, they carried it. With their soul, they handled it. They walked, with it. They, they walked it out within their soul. He, he was using the gospel of Christ in his soul, even though his spirit was dead. Are you, are you understanding? This is the scripture, I'm telling you. This is the Bible. This is what Paul was teaching here in Romans chapter 7. Chapter 4, sorry. Let's just read chapter 4 of Romans. Um, ooh, we have very short time, so let's just see how, how much we can read from it. Praise God. It says, What then shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, had found? He's saying that what... What did he find according to the flesh? What they're telling you is that he didn't find anything according to the flesh. That sounds like a strange thing, right? That sounds like something you should see of a New Testament Christian who's, who has the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit, and walks in the Spirit, and has no confidence in the flesh. Right? That belongs to us, not him, not the father of circumcision. It belongs to us who are circumcised in the Spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. But they are saying, you see that man, Abraham, he too, 
he didn't find anything in the flesh. I mean, there was nothing in the flesh that was, when I say in the flesh, I mean in, that his flesh can enjoy, yeah. which, he, which he held as a dividend of his dealings with God. Yeah. Yeah. Means his eyes were set, as Hebrews chapter 11 was saying to us, right, that those men, they, they looked searching for a city which had foundation, whose maker and builder is God. And they had this confession that there are pilgrims on, and strangers upon the earth. For they sought a city, and said that city was a heavenly, was a heavenly city. Flesh does not seek a heavenly city. In other words, a heavenly city is not something that a flesh can be satisfied and say, ah, I have found something. You want flesh to be happy and say he's found something, give him a land that he can farm on and bring crops, give him many children that he can send to war and win battles. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> That is, so if you just look at, if the flesh of Abraham went to interpret God's promise, it's just simple. Give me plenty of children and give me plenty of land. You've answered the flesh, but no. He wasn't searching for that. Praise the Lord. So he says, for if Abraham were justified by works, he had whereof to glory, but not before God. Amen. He had whereof to glory, but it means that God will not count him. If it was just, of course, these works are just physical, natural works. means works as opposed to through faith. Praise God. That he had whereof to glory, but not before God. For what said the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now, to him that walketh is the reward not counted of grace but of death. Now, are you seeing they're introducing grace here when it comes to Abraham? If you join verse 3, 4, and 5, see verse 5, say, but to him that walketh not, but believeth on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Now see, so what he's saying here is that, in verse 4, that now to him that walketh is the reward not reckoned of grace. So if you do works by yourself, then that your, your reward is not gracious. It is just a debt that was owed to you, that's been paid, because it is your effort. But for Abraham, his own attainment was gracious, because it was through faith. Praise God. Okay, because of time, we will go further than this at some other time. I want to just stay on that verse 3. That verse 3. Amen. It says, for what said the scripture? It said, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him. For righteousness. I think later in this chapter, he began to speak about righteousness being imputed. Are you seeing it? Yeah, verse 7 says, Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Praise the Lord. Verse 11 says, And he received the sign of circumcision, the seal of the righteousness of faith, which he had yet been circumcised that he might be the father of all them that believe, though he be, they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. Praise God. What he's just trying to tell you is that for Abraham, that's that thing of circumcision, that's a religious act, that's one of the peak, that's, in fact, that's the initiation into the religion, the religion of the Jews, right? So that circumcision is seen as the Jews as a righteous act. And when you do that, that is an something that counts to your righteousness. 
But they are telling you that really, Abraham's righteousness had nothing to do with circumcision. Is that he had already received the righteousness. But the circumcision was done as what? A sign, a seal of that righteousness. Means an emblem of it. It's a, it's a symbol and a token of the righteousness. Telling you that this man has a righteousness and I can now separate you with this sign. Do you get that? How did he get the righteousness? It was imputed to him. How was it imputed to him? It's by what? It's by faith. Faith process brought about the, the impute of righteousness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, as a Christian, it's the same principle. What imputes righteousness to a man is his faith walk. Then after the righteousness has been imputed to him, he now begins to do things because of the righteousness that's been imputed. Now, this thing I'm saying now, new creation relative guys have taken it. You know these scriptures? They've taken it and they took it to the extreme. They forgot everything in the middle. They just blew it to the other end. That, oh, wow, okay. So it means that we are just righteous because we, got, we are born again. Then all the good deeds we do is because we are righteous. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Get the wisdom here. There's something deep inside there. Praise God. So, the, so being born again does not mean righteousness has been imputed to you. No, it doesn't mean. The problem with new creation reality is, is that they believe that imputing of righteousness happens at the fact that you got born again, that your spirit man was alive. But the imputing of righteousness is an, something that happens to your soul. It's a process of believing, of faith, that has to do with how you handle the words of God. Thank you, Jesus. And that process of how to be, how to receive righteousness, that's that's the core of the matter. That's that's what we've not learned well. That's what we've not learned properly. How to receive righteousness. Praise God, and the Lord will help us. That was the skill of our father Abraham. He learned for decades of his life how how that what how to make his faith count for righteousness. He became how to master belief in God for righteousness to be imputed unto him. Praise the Lord. Are we blessed today? Yes, sir. Amen. Thank you. Let's just thank God quickly. The meaning is just thank God for his word. Oh, Father, we thank you. Give glory to your name. Oh, we worship you. Thank you, Makaronos, Hebrews. Parados, Tifarados, Kento, Uri Kabanusketi, Orimata Halemuskihai, Emprason, Apranso, Epristio, 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 Epristio. Amanana kata la husifreho, shalawa huta la baha, ili gagilianta la masturi gehano, 
Holy Castle Varuta. Holy Castle Varuta. Holy Castle Varuta. Holy Christ Paradoske. Oh, thank you. Oh, we 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 thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We receive. There's an impartation, I, I believe strongly, that by this word, something is opening up. Something is opening up. There's a place they want to usher us into to receive something tangible. Uh, let's just begin to connect it just with thanksgiving, with prayer. Just open your heart to, to receive an impartation of the, the essence of this word. Is a, the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith, of the, the faith which God wants to give to this generation, which he wants to impart to this generation, the spiritual attitude, the capacity to align with the standard of faith. All we receive from you, Father. All we receive from you, Father. We receive from you, Father. We receive from you, Father. We receive from you. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Araba araba saraba tori araba soteli krandoli araba zuteli ya. Oli garabasto. Ningrantazi el barados kedia vastanjaya. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Bless your name. Shukarabata. In Jesus' name we pray. In the name of Jesus. Our Father, we thank you. We give you glory tonight. We bless you. Oh, thank you because you are, you are bringing a fresh impartation of the spirit of faith. The spirit of the faith of your son, Jesus the faith of Christ, thank you for our hearts are open for this impartation. You have, by words of God, you have delivering capacity, Father, for to master of faith, faith attitude, faith ways, faith life, conversations of faith, ability to believe. Father, we thank you. We give all the glory to your name. I ask, Lord, that you will let every soul, those here, those online, let them go home and stay with this blessing. And Lord, may your spirit open up more insight, more understanding, more revelation, more encounters of these things. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. You dwells between the cherubim shine for you dwells between the cherubim shine for you dwells between the cherubim shine for